I'm recording. So uh, I think we're on episode mm-hmm. three now at this stage. Uh, we've only released one so far, but we're on episode three. And you've joined Jack Wright with us today. How are we? How are you doing? Wow, how's it going? I didn't know it was episode three. And three is like give or take my number. It's either three or number 12. So I'll take number three. That's for it. episode three all day. That's the good day, uh, the good energies in the universe coming back there to swing it in. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've released one. I've one going out tomorrow and then this should be a Tuesday, hopefully. So if you listen to it, it should be Tuesday. So hopefully it's Tuesday. <laughs> so yeah. what is, I, as I do with most people that I bring on uh, with this podcast and that one, the Key Street Files, I always kind of like to talk about the origins of people, where people came from and like how, how we got to this point. So could you take us back to the origins yourself and how you came about yeah well knockbridge is the cornerstone of any person's upbringing so once you're from knockbridge that has to be mentioned immediately so Mm -hmm. uh from knockbridge a place as well for anybody listening beyond uh dundalk is fairly close to dundalk and you know i i without going too far into the actual origins of my actual, you know, body of flesh, I'll go into the, the, the artist origin. So yeah. the way that came about was in 2008. So it's actually a really funny story because we were planning on having a party out in my garage in that bridge. And there was a big gang of us back then. So it was like, me, Aaron Smith, Patrick Stone, Ty Duffy, a lot of us, Paddy Byrne, all just, we had a big gang going and we decided to, we were just talking one day in my house about having a party. My parents were supposed to be going away and we're like, right. And we were mad into pirates at the time. We just couldn't stop wearing pirate clothes, watching Hook, watching Pirates of the Caribbean, listening to this god awful Tiesto remix of the Pirates of the Caribbean team tune. Like we were fully invested, eyeliner, everything, right? So, we were like, we kind of have to bring this this summer to a close with a with a party based around everything we've been doing. So we're like, right, we were talking shit about having that party. And while we were talking about it, um, my mate Paddy Byrne came up to the house and unexpectedly as well, he was just calling up to see, to see me and he didn't know me and the lads were there. So while we were talking about this party, Paddy pulled, like calls in and I was like, well, what's up? Because usually, as you know yourself, these days if somebody you're going to meet one of the lads it's usually organized of some sort it's rarely a call-in so he was just like oh come here i'm here to um to invite you anyway but all of us were there so i'm here to invite you to it's a charity party i'm having for my little cousin uh he'd like retinal blastoma which is a tumor of the eye he was very young i think he's in two or three and they're obviously having a fundraiser type of party and we were like, oh, that's unreal. And I was like, we were only after talking about having a party. Obviously, a very different type of party than this yeah. charity party. But, and, uh, and then he was like, and I was like, where is it on? And Paddy's like, I have no idea where it's going to be on. But we, we have a date locked in and people going. And I was like, here. I was like, if obviously the parents of the child, which would have been Paddy's aunt and uncle, were cool, we could just combine a pirate party and a charity party and just have at it. So... Yeah. Rather than maybe doing, and of course, any charity party is a good is a good party. Yeah, absolutely. But we were like, you know, we could go all out because you know the bands around at the time. You know, I think you'd Francis Waters on there recently. His band at the time, he was in a band with my brother, uh, Guerrilla Warfare, and they had a few band names. So don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they were Guerrilla Warfare at the time. There was other bands about town because it was me, 
and then my younger brother Stephen, which is two years younger, and then Darren, which is five years younger. So we just had a, a big range of kind of people in town and different bands. And then I DJed at the time, and so we had free DJ equipment, and we had the place, and we're like, it all just fell into place. And it, there was obviously a big smack of meant to be about it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, we'll have this charity party, and then. Mom and dad decided to stay that night because there was obviously like a lot of people coming down. And we were like, oh shit. Like that was the first time mom and dad were deciding to stay for a party. We're like, this could go like so bad. This could be like just one of those teenage horror stories, but whatever. It actually ended up being an unbelievable night. We raised like, I think 1,000, yeah, 1,182 euro. I always remember that because yeah. of Blink 182. It was about 1,000 Blink 182 songs played that night <laughs> by all the bands. We raised 1,182 euros. So that's exactly how much yeah. it was. Brilliant. And it ended up just being this unbelievable night. But the, the thing was coming up to it, everybody had to pick their pirate name. So the idea was um, you pick your middle name and then one of your friends picks the surname. So yeah. my middle name was or is John, but my, it was named after my granddad. But my granddad, even though he was called... John, everybody called him Jack. So I was like, right, I'll take a double header of John Jack. And then somebody just said Riot because I had joked about being in a band called Riot. And then that was it. So was it. <laughs> it's a name I've always used from there, but in terms of actually using it as an artist name, like now that I'm actually creating stuff and I'm releasing something next month, you know, I actually thought about changing it because I just had it at the back of my head to use for so long. But then without deep diving into it too much, I actually thought to myself, like, here, is there any deeper meaning to this name? then a pirate name I made back in 2008. So I sat there thinking about it. And a lot of my music, which I'm trying to kind of lighten the, the load about, is just the fight with yourself and the fight with everybody else because that's what everything is at the end of the day. So uh, John and Jack being my dad's name, and then technically it was his name and his dad's name. So it's nearly like the fight with somebody else, as in riot after it, and then the fight with yourself because it's the same name, the same person. Yeah. And I was just like... You know, sometimes you can look for the meaning in things. You can kind of dig deep to try and yeah. find meaning. But I was just like, even though I did dig for it, I was like, yeah, I was like, that's it. I just can't go any further than that. Yeah. So that's it. Stuck with it now. You can't change it. No, it's like, yeah, it's like when you're christened with a name. Like, I like the name Barry. I don't love it, but that's not my real name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, your, it's your government name. <laughs> Nobody's going to know who this was. The mask is off. Mm-hmm. And... I know the, so as you mentioned there that you have music coming out next month, uh, Single Love Hub, which is on the 12th of June, if I'm correct. Correct. Could you tell us a little bit about it? I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen the video for it this morning and mm-hmm. it is fantastic. It's only like the, the way I said it to you, sensory overload, but for all the right reasons. It's fantastic. Yeah. That was like, and getting that feedback from you because I know you know, your expertise is, that is just like unbelievable mm-hmm. because that's not the final video. So that was a, a good friend of mine, Mark, who runs the open mics in Dundalk, the spirit store yeah. and the plug that night, by the way, I'm not here to plug anything, bar my own stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the sea legs night, which obviously isn't going at the moment down the spirit store every third Wednesday of the month and I'm presuming once everything gets back into the normal run of things it will be the same as well but it is one of the best nights Dundalk has hands down and it's free you call down you can get up you can perform you can, in any type of way you can talk you can do anything 
and that was the first time I ever started performing in any shape or, or capacity. So I nearly have to give that a shout out because it's actually the best thing going. So if there's anybody, yeah. see the whole idea about, you know, I'm at a certain age only starting to, you know, live out this thing I've been dreaming about for a long time. So the idea is just to get as many people that are either already doing it to do it more or who are not doing it at all to start doing it. So if anybody is there thinking, Jesus, I'd love to be an artist or I'd love to be a performer, but you know, I can't just do it in my room. That is 100% the place to go. It's the most encouraging place I've ever seen of that type as well. It's amazing. Brilliant. And do you have to like register prior to that or can you just rock up in the night and, and perform? Rock up. It's a very simple process. And Mark is an unbelievable host because Mark will do a song or two himself. And, you know, it's, it's a really welcoming atmosphere. Without, you know, there's no babying either because it's a crowd. You can't be babied by an actual crowd because yeah. half the people there are there to perform and then the rest are there to watch, you know. So, yeah. But it's just so encouraging because it's downstairs in the store. And some nights you'll go down like anything else. It'll be like a decent crowd. Other nights it'll be absolutely jammed. So Class. Yeah, I would really encourage it. And yeah, you can just rock up on the night. Obviously, the earlier they put your name in, the better. And when you start, like I'm quite comfortable now performing, but when you first start, the first night I went, I was like, oh, you know, I've been doing this in my head and in my room for years. This is going to be a breeze because I can talk publicly. I've DJed before. I've no mm-hmm. problem doing that. But when I arrived there, I arrived quite late. So I was like one of the last people on. And I sat there for like three hours sweating my life away <laughs> because you want, to, you want to digest everybody else's performance and really get into it. But I was just like, oh my God, I've been thinking about this my whole life. Yeah. And here I am. This is it like. Uh, but it went well in the end. So yeah, I really recommend that. But to go back to my own tune. So as, well, you would know that we were in the middle of doing a short film for my EP. Which yeah. of course is just being put on the back burner, uh, which is just still such an exciting idea to get back in because we did the first night of shooting anyway, which was just yeah, it was fantastic. It was just <clears throat> and it was like it was something so different for me that like I would normally be doing, and it's just pure creativity at its finest and completely out of this world, and I loved every minute of it. I know, and we shot really late, yeah. as well. and there was just something about like we had, yeah. Exactly. It was just like the location and it was just like, you know, you didn't know uh, Sarah or David who were involved and then they didn't know you, but it was just like the most easy going shoot. Not that I've been involved in many shoots mm. before, but it was just breeze. Yeah, it was class. And I, like, I've been involved in a million shoots at this stage and it's probably one of the more easy breezy ones that like, I've been involved in. It was just like, not that it was like lackadaisy, but everything just went right and everyone was just kind of keen to do it because yeah, you've been involved exactly. in some shoots and I even know I'm guilty of it as well there's some shoots now and I just don't want to be there like don't want to do mm-hmm. it uh, whereas this one was just like if we had it gone on if you had it if you could have shot longer we probably would have yeah that was the whole thing and then there was yeah. popcorn for days so that could have fucking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, go ahead yeah so just a touch on Love Hub there just again and mm-hmm. do you want to delve into like the, the meanings behind the song so people maybe might have a background of it now for when it released or do you prefer to keep that on ice until it's out so the way i'll do it like i guess there's a, a slight hint in the title of the song love hub so mm. the idea of it is like of all the tunes ready for the ep that we'll be working on 
so it's now a, a, an idea of just getting a producer, which I've one or two in mind uh, to touch them up, but that's later on the road. So I was like, look, in the meantime, people are being so creative with this fucking COVID scenario. I was like, I have to get on board. And I was like, right, I'm going to release a tune in between. Like, there's no, like, why not? Because, yeah. you know, my whole thing now is that I'm finally releasing something and I was getting put off. I was like, right, I've been thinking about this for so long. I can't actually put it off again. So something has to come out. And I sat down one night and I was like, right, because all my other tunes are made by myself, like there's no samples, there's no nothing. I was like, I'm going to sample a song for this tune. And I was like, right, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to try and find my sound within another song by completely manipulating it. This is going to take me hours upon hours upon hours to find the right one. So I was there and I opened Simpler in Ableton. And the fourth song I put in, which was like five minutes later, not even five minutes, I turned it down, I changed the key, I played it, and I was just like, like I lost my mind. It was lit, uh, as if something I had imagined in my head, yeah. I thought would take maybe a few days to find. I just found it instantly. And I'm not obviously going to say the original tune because I don't want to get copyrighted for it, but it sounds so different <laughs> that I should get away with it. Happy and then, days. of course, once I heard that, I was like, right, I'm going to touch on something current, but of course, touch on something personal to myself. And I guess I'll be, like the video, there'll be so many, you see what I've been, I've been watching, you know, Virgil Abloh? No. So he's like the creative director at Louis Vuitton and mm. at the brand Off-White and he's done so many other things. But the way I've always been creating was I'd be thinking about things for about days, trying to put a million ideas into one thing. And then it was becoming too complicated. And then I thought maybe I should be overthinking everything and simplifying it at the end. But I kept thinking, is that really the, the wisest thing to be doing? Like, is it too much effort, you know, yeah. to put 20 hours of thinking into something that will take, like, that will just seem simple or basic. And then I was watching a lot of his stuff recently and that's his thing. And he described it as loaded messages in disguise. And he's like, that's how you really create. And that was like the most reassuring thing I've ever heard, because that's kind of how I've been working on this tune. I'm putting it million things into it but i'm gonna make it as simple as possible but that's that's what i love doing so i'm just excited for it and you can see that now that like i have seen it you can see that it is there is like so many messages in the video and but it's not in uh offensive is not the right word but not it's not like a you know you're not bombarded with them they're there for you to find yeah which yeah which is which is brilliant, which I love. Like that's my it's like so it's my my job to make messages essentially and communications and as a bit of a nerd, I totally enjoyed it. Yeah. And you know what the the amazing thing about that is sometimes they're fully intentional, which mm. to my mind there will be, like most of them will be intentional. But there was one even in that home video, I won't say what it was, because I'm gonna use the same idea for the the final video coming out on June twelfth. And I, I it literally was left in because it was part of another process and i was just like and then i was there i was like i didn't mean that whatsoever but it, 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 if i tried to think of that idea separately that would have taken me hours but that's the amazing thing about creating stuff that some of it is entirely intentional and some of it is just like and the biggest waft of that i got in a while was your photo of ellie Connolly on the beach in black rock like yeah you told me that was a quick shoot, but when I looked at that photo, I was like, there is a million things going on in that photo. I said it to you, I said it to Ellie. I was just like, yeah. 
you might not have planned it you might not have done anything but i stared at that for ages i was like this is a mental photo this is there's something going on and i can't describe what it is but that's what i'm aiming for with intention and then if it happens unintentionally yeah fucking take care oh absolutely and i think that like a part of the whole creative process is that like the chaos within the creation of it and then you're i think you're subconsciously encoding messages within things that you're making and you're conveying meaning and mood and emotions that you are feeling at that time and i know i i I find that i comes across in my work at that time like I, i could be a fucking in a bit of a gloom that day and i and i i could gravitate more to like dark heavy noisy grainy black and white images and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm sure that kind of comes true in the music as well it does and mm. it's i guess it's the case of and a, an unbelievable tune i think the song of the year so far is called rascal by this artist called rumor and i've seen a lot of talk about it did you see it yourself no i haven't seen it no i must check it out check it out after this so yeah whoever the hell and like if you if there's somebody listening here who just wants a good head mess of an experience. Listen to that song, but with the video, because the thing about it is it's like a very gang, American gang oriented video. Yeah. But the song is a, is a cross between like a, a heartbroken love country song that this guy just can't escape the rat race. And he's just like heartbroken about this people screwing them over but it's it's just a country ballad like that's all it is yeah but the thing about it i'm like i heard somebody mention did see the genius about that is either intentional or unintentional because you know the whole thing everybody's getting shocked by like there's gap there's lads aiming rifles at the fucking the camera and they're like balaclava out of it and they're like stab vests on bulletproof vests on they've everything on it's a quest fast this is like such a, a contrast, like a harsh contrast to country. And mm. it's the exact opposite. It's where country came from. Country came from shoot-ups, women, drinking, you know, just being uh, a bandit, like bandit okay. lifestyle. And that's just a modern day version of it. So did this person, is he just from that type of background and he thought it was cool? Or did he actually know what he was doing? Like making this big yeah. connection. So yeah, I quite, I quite like stuff like that. It's just like, uh, like a stark contrast to to the sound, and I think another brilliant example of that is: Have you seen the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio in it? Not in a very long time, but I loved it. Do you do you get the comparison I'm making? That it's like again a gang gang situation in mm-hmm. in LA around Venice Beach area, but they're speaking in old English and with a classic love story. And again, it's like, like obviously that was very intentional, but obviously there was a the the writer's influence behind it, and obviously that was conveying something that he felt down inside his psyche or whatever it may be to yes. to push this across. Like maybe he reflected a gang background. Like I don't actually don't know who directed it. It's probably like Steven Spielberg that was not in the grips, but uh, but like, you know what I mean. It's like that things you could really re- rely heavy on your background and on your influences to push star contrast meanings through different mediums. If that makes sense, it makes perfect sense, mm-hmm. and that's what like this guy Virgil Abloh, who I always knew of because he was like the creative director for Kanye West for years, and I knew of him as a DJ. He just kind of had his hand in everything, um, but he's all about which kind of really 
uh, give me a lot of motivation for this tune going forward because there's two samples in it and for the promotion so the song's love hub it's coming out june 12th there's going to be the love hub files which i'm releasing on instagram in the next few weeks so it's of course it's promo but a part of it is like telling the background story of certain things i won't say exactly what it is because it would kind of give it away not that the, yeah. the details are overly vital because the main thing i want to push with this is just actual entertainment because mm. but then again as i said loaded messages in disguise something very serious disguised with simplicity yeah. and entertainment so but so the love hub files will be out in the next few weeks just short very short films but i'll be taking the idea what virgil abloh did with off-white so he described the concept of it so he thought about calling i think he thought about calling his brand gray because it's in between black and white but he mm -hmm. was just like that's two in the middle so he believes in taking two ideas and instead of trying to meet in the middle he tries to go left and right at the same time which he says, if you really think about a creative process, you don't have to meet in the middle. You can go like both ways, but you're still doing the middle yeah. work. So instead of calling it, it off-white. So he, but like when I used to see his clothes, which I'm starting to get into the, the higher end of fashion at the moment, when I used to see his clothes, I'm like, they are much too simple and much too run-of-the-mill to be getting the attention you deserve. Like even when I used to go to Brian Thomas for a look around, when I'd just be starting to get into it, I'd seen them and I'm like, I don't know. Obviously I wasn't into it then, but then when I'm, you hear the explanation. But then again, I was walking around Brian Thomas and they were the ones that were catching my eyes at the end of the day. So yeah. In a negative way, but I was still staring at them. Yeah, you're still looking at them, yeah. Correct. Yeah. I'm actually, oh, like, I'm not a fan of all fight at all. Yeah, it's... Gonna, it's yeah. It's I, interesting because... Go ahead. I, but I'm not... Of it, like, I think most of the stuff looks fantastic. But I think that it's a lot of media manipulation and the use of social media to build a luxury brand through influencers and popular people and creating something that seems seems more expensive but it's not actually and they're charging it like like the exclusivity of it i think is like it's fabricated and yeah. so like you you can get a pair say of converse where converse you can get them geez, anywhere 60 to 80 quid but he whacks a couple of black and white stripes on it and the orange tag and all of a sudden the four or five hundred dollars and i think it's making that like it seems that it's like the tag is the is what you're buying you're not buying the actual product you're buying the exclusivity of you're buying the membership to the club so that's like yeah that's like the the gripe i have i i have a big gripe with stuff like that but and see, that, that's so interesting because mm. that's the, that was kind of the hidden gripe, I guess, I had when I mm. seen the stuff in Brian Thomas. I'm like, like, come on. Like, I was like, technically, I could do that. And I think I had the same thoughts when I went on a school trip years ago when I was um, with the art, the art class. We went to a gallery in Dublin, and it was just like we were taken to see the specific artists, these massive uh, kind of carpets on the wall, as minimal as you can get, maybe like yeah. three or four sections. Uh, block colors and they were like in the it was a few hundred grand for each one and i was like that is absolute manure i was like that's yeah bullshit. but after hearing virgil abloh go into that it completely changed my perspective because one mm. i just loved here i just loved hearing him talk and mm. like even when i seen his collaboration with ikea he had you know off-white in the simple font that he uses yeah on a carpet and so now they didn't go for too expensive there. I think they kept them at like a reasonably IKEA price. Yeah. Um, 
And then he got a lot of backlash for it. And he was like that. He was like, why did you buy into it or not? He was like, he was like, there was hundreds of hours of ideas in that. No, oh, yeah, yeah. I do. I do have ideas. So when, yeah. when he picks, because his, his theory was, or is, he won't, only wants to change something by 3% physically, but he wants to put all the ideas into it. So I was like, that kind of blew my mind in a way. Whether you can get into it or not, it just was actually very cool hearing somebody break mm-hmm. down something which seems simplistic. Or maybe he's just like an evil dictator of fashion mm-hmm. and he knows exactly. Yeah, he's just brainwashing himself into it. But I yeah. think completely off topic, but I kind of just want to finish my point off that I, I think the, there's a taint with the fashion industry in Ireland because mm-hmm. I see this is way left field and it's nothing really that we're talking about. We're sort well, of I, I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the left field yeah. ones. So like, the way I see it is and like that crime, like say the criminal underworld in Ireland, mm-hmm. a lot of it is based around fashion. You hear me okay. out? You look at these boys and you see them in the newspapers and stuff. They have the best jackets on. They're always kitted out in the best of brands, not the nicest of gear. Because some of it, like, you wear, you wear the clothes, the clothes don't wear you. But mm-hmm. this is why I don't like it because it's like, it's given that exclusivity is like the essence of money and power is associated with these brands. And it's just something that I just can't buy into. I'm a simple man. Of simple needs and I think when you see people banging around in Can- uh, was it, I was about to say Canadian Canada Goose Jackets and Alexander McQueen Runners and Gucci Flip Flops like no one needs to be spending 100 plus quid on a pair of flip flops like it, I think that's absolutely outrageous yeah and you know what I, I, I've always looked at podcasts and I was always just like I would love and by the way to go not really left field because we're on a podcast but the idea that we're, I'm even on a podcast now, because when you put it up the other day, we were chatting about it. I was just like, I've never been on a podcast. Like, this is absolutely, like, the last time I think I said, I've never done this before, was yeah. when we were in the cinema doing that shoot. So it's actually madly exciting to be doing this in the first place. But anytime I watch, you see, I watch podcasts. I don't particularly listen to them. I always need uh, a visual aid. So yeah, yeah. YouTube. I need to see the face behind the words. And I've always been like, geez, I would love to actually get in a really good disagreement about something. And this could actually be it. Because I feel that type of money being spent on stuff in the grand scheme of things is fairly unnecessary. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I think the money we spend on most things is fairly unnecessary. And I nearly feel looking at the higher ends of fashion, the higher ends of businesses and this type of thing, and demon at power and greed is not really fair if I'm here on my iMac Pro yeah. and we have all these like amazing equipment and the clothes I'm probably wearing now uh, from ASOS and from wherever these trousers are from, probably the effect of slave labor. So I think we're all part of it. So I think if you're part of it in any shape or form, it's hard to chastise it if you're part yeah. of it. But I do know there's, there's levels, of course. Yeah. Well- well, the way I look at it, it's like it's like justification of purpose. Like I need my MacBook for work mm-hmm. and I paid for my MacBook. Like, outright, like I saved up a fortune like, and I worked really hard to buy it. And like obviously like the, the morals behind the production of it are another thing. I think that's like something that like we've all just been accustomed to turning a blind eye to. But 
I need this microphone for work. I need these cables. I need all my fancy equipment. I need my studio monitor headphones. Like I, not that I need them, but to be the best at my job, I need them. But I don't need a hundred and fifty euro flip flops. I don't need an eight hundred euro jacket where I could buy a lesser counterpart and probably have the same effect out of it. So the way I look at things is I will pay for like obviously like functionality and how it looks, but I'm not gonna go to mad extents to gotcha. blow my load on a jacket. If that makes sense. And I and I look oh, for and I always look for longevity as well through my things like Whereas I think fashion lives a very short life span. Yeah, it's nearly the yeah. it's nearly the the main idea of fashion. It is everything's a short life span. Mm. It's the whole idea about it, which is really interesting. And obviously, it helps with the the sales of it. And yeah, come here, absolutely. Like I don't even for a second deny any of the things you just said. Mm. I do also feel it's a perspective, of course, because oh, absolutely, yeah. Because you if you the way you look at it is like we everything you said there i apt like 100 percent agree with but if you had somebody from an impoverished area of a fairly impoverished country looking at the stuff you're deeming and you're kind of you know not def- you're not defending what you're doing because it actually makes perfect sense but they would see that as just, just like i can't believe he's actually even talking about that like i think yeah oh yeah the way we would maybe, I think the way that people frown upon, I love the example of the Kardashians. Like, I actually think I love the Kardashians mm. because they're just like this insane part of like popular culture and time that we're getting to mm. witness. Like, it's absolutely insane. Like, I'm not saying I love them, I don't know them, but I mean, just the whole idea. Yeah. And just the backlash they get for being extravagant. Whereas I think most people dishing out the backlash are probably in the top five or 10% of the world's. Uh, rich, like we're, oh, we're yeah. in that bracket. Which oh, absolutely, yeah. I've never had like a really a real like I I said it's for like an, a real want or need in my life. Yeah. Like I'm oh, sorry, like a need, like, like obviously you you wants and stuff, but there's never like I've never never been hungry, never been like cold to an extent where like like a life like trend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've never had problems, and like obviously, like I, which I should have said is that like. I'm not like I'm not saying don't go buy your expensive jackets or your expensive. It's just something that I, I would I wouldn't do. Like, and if you work hard and you really bust yourself, like by all means treat yourself. But like, I think we come back to what we said we were completely blocked off from the other ninety percent of the world that can't afford the the basics that we have. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I have a a bulb here in front of me, like my face up. Some people would kill for that bulb. You know what I mean? And it's just something that I just fire in the corner now afterwards. Like, so I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. What's very nice is that I think we're on different pages, but we completely agree with each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I'll never, like, by all means, like if you hand me <clears throat> a million euro today, obviously I'm going to ball it and buy something flashy, but like within, within reason. Yeah. I'd probably buy a naughty computer rather than a, a tidy jacket. There you go. Yeah. Um, I got... What would be your, so obviously like you're quite fashionable anyway, but as you said, you keep it at your, you know, you look for longevity, you look for reason, like you don't try to go over the yeah, top, like I, what would be your, where do you shop mainly? Is it online or do you have a Yeah, I usually go ASOS. I usually buy ASOS normally, but I'm, I'm an awful, like I'll, I, I'm an awful man for a sale. I love sales. 
Same. So like, yeah, so I always get a lot of stuff in sales and like I always buy like the large packs of t-shirts and stuff. But uh yeah, even then I used to be more into fashion, like kind of when I was younger, and I think that was just kind of part of the culture, but now I'm just kind of mm-hmm. dressed down to dress up really. That's kind of the yeah. way I am now, just keep it plain, keep it simple. And that's I've I've gone that direction as well. Like I used to be mm-hmm. very um skanky and extravagant at the same time. <laughs> that was kind of my thing. Um but I don't know, since recently, yeah. But I love going on to the likes of ASOS, going to sale, but I'm all about colour. Like, I'll go through colour spells. Like, I'm just off yeah. in navy. Like, I just got rid of so <laughs> many navy things. I could not have bought any more navy things. And now I'm, as you can tell, a bit of a beige type of red, a little bit of orange. So I just go sale, clock in yeah. those numbers, or clock in the colours, and then it's the way to go. It's on blue. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think simple simplicity is key at the minute. I think if you can if you can dress simple and look cool, you're winning. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fucking mad because I think I actually think everything now has taken on. I don't really like using the word minimum, but I think necessary. I heard somebody say that recently is the way to go because even if you listen to music now, um, music went through a stage where technology really took it over, and you could have the most dramatic, over the top orchestrated song made off a computer but now everybody has that ability and they're choosing yeah. to do the opposite like most songs now it's like trap pop and it's all very yeah. very simple and voice orientated so yeah. and and even design if you look at somebody said before i can't remember who it was said all the reasons that everything now is so simplistic whether it be fashion and even when you look at people's like general interior design it's all gone simple somebody said and i was like jesus there's probably a bit of truth in that Mm-hmm. It came from phones because what do you look at most? Your phones. When phones mm-hmm. first came out, they weren't user friendly because they were just in the process of being so popular. Yeah. But now everything on a home screen is so simple, 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 simple. So that just leaked into everything. And I was like, Jesus, that sounds like it's on the money. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think we are, we are going towards like a, a minimalist culture at the minute because I think people are just becoming more aware of themselves the environment they have on each other and on the surrounding world so i think going to that yeah. minimalist culture and declutter like i think decluttering is a massive important thing whether it be mentally physically whatever it is getting rid of things is good and throwing away things is good absolutely and don't throw away your clothes donate them something that i i think is very important or oh what's the word i always forget it uh, oh fuck i can't think of the word Word, word. Uh, what, are, what are the best around? It's like uh, like repurposing fashion, like remaking something out of old clothes and uh, um, is it up upstyling. No. Oh, uh, um, fucking ASOS and that love plugging that word. It's yeah. Um, I can't think of it. It's escaped me big time now. It's, it's not repurposed. No, it yeah, it could, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. We're hitting on it anyway. We're touching around. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I think that's cool. And obviously, I I'd ne- I, I should never repurpose any myself because I just don't have that skill set in me. But donate your yeah. clothes and give them away, and someone will be happy with a jacket or something. Yeah, so. and I really think that's you know I did that when I was moving out of the house there. I threw out like seven bags of clothes, and I was just like, "Where's the easiest place to post these clothes in a charity shop?" So it's not easy. You can pat yourself on the back a wee bit, but it actually makes the most sense to do most of the good things. You know? Oh yeah, actually, like, yeah. Like it's the exact same effort to take them to a dump than it is to a charity shop. So, 
give them to someone that might use it rather than just and getting like, rid of it. And if somebody wants to dress up like an over-the-top, extravagant, skanky pirate from 2008, now they have the chance to do it for free. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the tools are there for <laughs> The tools. The tools. We went way left field there. Jesus. <laughs> We're going to whip it back in. And I want to talk about your creative idols, like who inspires you and what influences you to, to make the, the music that you do. Yeah, well, it's, I think for the longest time it was Kanye West and Kendrick Lamar, um, just because they're my favorite artists. But I think for a while it was Kendrick Lamar because he's very much about, you know, the intricacies and fighting the good fight and mm-hmm. sorting yourself out and stuff like that. So I was mad into that idea and just him for so long. I still am, but there was something about Kanye West. Like I've been a fan of him since secondary school, but there was just something about where I kind of deemed his, you know, his overall product and his artistry a bit like manic and a bit loose. And I was just like, there's not much artistic merit in that until I seen it as the exact opposite where, you know, I think he's obviously a love hate character, but I think he's, so deep in some of the seemingly dumb things he does that when you kind of not open your eyes to it but when you see that a lot of artists from what then and when i say during the years well before our time you yeah. know it's like they're just letting loose on certain things and there's just a mad process behind the stuff to do so i just got really into him i said even though i liked him for so many years i just really got into him just the idea of what he does. And, yeah. um, he's extended it into fashion. He's extended it now into like, he's trying to build housing for charities and stuff like that. And he's trying to build, like he's bought so much land in certain parts of America and he's a billionaire. So it's a very wild story. Like he's one of those guys. And like, he always compares himself to like Renaissance artists and he compares mm-hmm. himself to Steve Jobs and he compares. And I honestly think that type of, uh, talk is absolutely fine because it's just talk at the end of the day and yeah. i actually think he believes it you know like it, it's not as if any of these artists back in just say the renaissance times all the greats well all the greats not that i'm like an expert in renaissance art but all the names that everybody would be familiar with it's not as if they were like a lot of them would have like artists tend to be at the top level it comes with a bit of uh, ego, a lot of ego and a bit of arrogance so oh absolutely I think you need that, that, that 1% mentality, that A-type mentality to succeed in, in such, a, such a world. Like. Yeah. So I nearly feel like, and then with Virgil Abloh recently, because I feel when I was coming in of the film we were doing, which I'm just so excited to get back into. Like I would say now, the, the El Corona might have been a blessing in disguise because I think even the, the luck you've seen I had that night, which of course would still be luck like that. Yeah. That, that shit just like going to be gold uh, but I'd say my overall luck I'm on a quite casual one here at the moment will mm. be posted the other one was very sinister before and I, you know I really yeah. dug deep because I was loving it and then even lyrically I was being a bit dark and I was like wait a minute I'm like the most offensively optimistic person I know like I actually annoy people with my optimism <laughs> so I'm like why am I annoyingly and but to me positively optimistic in real life but my music is like a Debbie Downer I'm like what is going on there but I think it's just me you know swimming through the ideas and then I'm just like wait you can just get all of these deeper ideas across in an entertaining way because most of the artists I love at the end of the day um, 
are experts at that. Like Prentice is somebody who I'd love from maybe the older generation. Yeah. And, you know, literally if you dive into him, it's not as if it's dense uh, material, but he just brings, you know, like a song like Little Red Corvette in theory is as cheesy as it gets. He's just mm. comparing somebody to a car. Uh, yeah. It's one of the best songs probably of all time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you need to find that balance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's... What about you? Who would, who would you levitate towards as a, as a bit of an idol? Oh, I don't know. It's uh, a tough one. I, I don't know. I kind of don't really hold too many people like in higher statures than me. Not like mm-hmm. no, that's that's like a shit way to put it. But like, I don't think I really, I really I'd have anyone that I would call an idol. I like mm-hmm. like it's not fuck it. That's actually a hard one. I, I'm more influenced by by certain things than people if that like if that's makes sense so like and you'd be maybe motivated by if you've seen like a group of people get together and do something like an amazing project that would motivate yeah, you yeah that i'd be like that's but yeah that would fire me up like a certain person wouldn't fire me up but on like time periods and genres and stuff inspire me like, like i take like a lot of my photography influence like my personal photography influence from like 1980s graffiti in new york like that whole aesthetic and like the old black and white film that they would have used like i I love that and that stuff kind of like it, it expresses so many different meanings and messages without color and really yeah. without any real expensive photography tools and that like that fires me up that gets me going it, images people have taken have would inspire me like a like a photographer that I actually I don't really like him as a person like he, I think he just annoys me but uh, Platon He's photographed more war leaders than anyone else. His photos are absolutely amazing. And his photos would inspire me, but he wouldn't inspire me, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah. I'd be more, more inspired by final products than actual people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, like, that's, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, it's just like, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of like egotistical people. And it's, it's, and it's not because of them. It's just that the type of person that I have, like I'm quite reserved i'm quite easy going i'm quite relaxed and i don't like i don't like big personalities that suck up all the attention in the room i just like to kind of go to flow and i think that's why i don't really like the not the term idle but i just wouldn't hold anyone in a a massive disregard or a massive pedestal to exactly yourself, yeah yeah and that's it's so interesting because i would feel that's how everybody works. Like I would say I'm definitely somewhat egotistical in the way like I operate, but I've come, I think I've brought that to a good place, which I think is, but that's the more the, the point I'm getting to is people just levitate to what they are themselves. And I know that's the most basic thing you could say, but it's actually like the deepest idea possible. Like when it comes to politics, when it comes to music, when it comes to clothes, when it comes to anything, you're just searching for a bit of yourself at the end of the day. And that's it. Exactly, and that's kind of why I love doing stuff like this, so photography, videography. It's kind of you're finding yourself through it, and even like then over like the last couple of months, like I've done a lot of self reflection and a lot of thinking, especially with going through the whole rebrand process and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in my personal work that like, like I gravitate a, a lot towards like darkness. Yeah, but I'm not a dark person, so it's like a interesting yeah yeah it's so peculiar and i'm still trying to figure it out and i've had a few people mention it to me recently just just through talking about stuff and 
they're saying my my parents walking you can see it actually I've, I've only noticed it like as i go through stuff like that it's very dark and it's very almost negative in its presentation but mm-hmm. it's not who i am okay so it's weird yeah. i'm kind of going through this like internal battle of like what my work represents versus like who i actually am i really i, I that's really curious because mm. like even from looking at your stuff before like even that image of ellie you can nearly picture that being like a dark photo from fucking like the the Bronze Age in Scotland. Like it just, she looks like, and it's like this, like there's a darkness. Yeah, and there's yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, and I, I don't know why I just gravitate towards it so much, but like I'm not a dark or negative person. I'd be actually quite the opposite, but it's just someone in my work. Maybe that's like the the badness getting out of me in my work. But uh, I was that's where I was going. Yeah. maybe. Uh, because you don't practice that in your life, you're doing it in the most safe way possible. Maybe, yeah. That's that was like a thought that I had, but I don't know. It's so peculiar. I just can't figure it out. And I'd love to get the bottom line. I don't think I ever will, and I don't think I'll ever change my style. I just think it will evolve over time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe when I get all the bad stuff that, out of me, that, that, I'll sock it into a bit more color. Yeah, <laughs> but that's. I think that's class because, mm. whereas I felt some of my stuff was being negative like before like when i used to oh you know what's so funny like when i started doing the open mics i i can definitely credit myself for giving it absolute socks but i think there was a lack of control in my a lot of early performances like mm-hmm. i would just fucking lose my shit which is entertaining of course in mm-hmm. its way, to see somebody just go all out but i think of course some of that came from nerves and came from right i might not have a control of my voice now i might not have control of what i'm doing but i can completely lose control and that at least yeah. gets props but now i'm I think I'm at a comfortable enough place where I found the medium. But when it came to my lyrics and stuff like that, they were so internal. They were so kind of dark. They were so this, that, and the other. And I remember asking somebody who used to come to my open mics. I was like, come here. I was like, I just kept thinking one day. I was like, I was going through a performance I did. And I was thinking, I wonder did anybody catch that just? And I asked this person, I was like, by the way, I was like, do you know what I'd be relating to in my performances? And she said, she was like, I literally have no idea what you'd be singing about and yeah. screaming. I literally don't have a clue. And I was like, wow, because I'd only started doing it. And of course, I kind of had it in my head because there's a wee bit of ego at work that it was fucking unbelievable. Everybody knew what I was talking about. But uh, when, I, when, I, when I deconstructed it, I was like, how the hell is anybody going to know what I'm talking about? Like literally nobody's yeah, yeah. going to know what I'm talking about. So, but then I thought about my favorite lyricist, Kanye West probably being it, because mm. he'll come up with when he wants to quite a deep intricate line but then he'll say uh you know you've got a sister-in-law you'd fuck i've got for them which is like so harsh and like so you're like yeah do you, do you know what i mean but i think yeah. the best lyricists just reflect how they talk so i've just completely changed my lyrics over the last while uh to reflect me like because at the end of the day you have to just give every aspect every single aspect of yourself when you're creating stuff but that's what i love about the contrast there because i recognized the the falseness of the dark coming through and the stuff yeah. i was doing. but there i think you recognize yours as a positive and i would as well yeah and that's your style whereas i realized that wasn't my style so that's quite interesting how yeah. we both came to different conclusions there. yeah that's really interesting and and almost like polar opposite conclusions like we we found the the polar opposite answers in the same thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because when I look at your stuff already, just from going over, even though I would have seen a bit of it before, but since we got to know each other more, obviously, mm. I see more of it. 
And, you know, it's, there's a, an obvious style there. And that's what it's, it's all about. That's what it's all about. Because um, even though when you were saying, when you see off-white stuff, it's a load of stripes thrown on top of something. His idea behind yeah. it was that he was like, what is the most universal language in the world? If I put English on this, it's not universal. If I put mm-hmm. Chinese, any type of language in this, it's not universal. And then he taught road stripes yeah. are in every single country, potentially in the world, bar probably a very small few. And that was the reason behind that. He's just like, and uh, now when I look at a fucking a car park or a road, sometimes I just see certain line patterns and I just think, oh, that looks like off-white. But I'm like, no, I was like, that, that's a... Yeah, that's obviously the intention. Yeah, you know? but the it's whole idea was was a signature, and then you have a signature because your signature is uh, at a deeper level. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, a grounded, you know, well moral person with a with a dark creative side, which is quite a signature. So uh, yeah, it's quite quite weird, and I think that's like important for. I always go back to like any young photographer, any young creative, even though like we're very young ourselves and very much in the infancy of what's going on, but been doing it for a while now and kind of gone through the, the dips and valleys and i think it's like a style is something that should not be forced i think it will find you rather than you you trying to find it and right. you'll naturally gravitate towards it eventually and i, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine who's getting into, into photography and he's like less than six months probably about six months now at this stage he's, into, he's like yeah but i don't have a style mm-hmm. and he's like yeah but don't like don't worry about that just learn it just learn the craft and your style will come like i've been photographing i bought my first camera with my confirmation money so that's geez that's about three years ago yeah but three four years ago i think i was (laughs) almost 16 years ago it'd be 16 years ago this year no yeah 15 16 years ago and i think in doing the last six months myself i've only been kind of noticing that like this is this is what i gravitate towards this is my style even though i've been doing it all along but i've realized this is this is me this is who i am and this is the products that I'll give out even though like yeah. nine to five I'll do press and corporate stuff but like when I get to do my own stuff and let loose like that's what comes out of me yeah and like it's amazing because like I would say on two different occasions like you've actually entered my my diary of motivation and I, I mean that literally because I keep a diary appreciate that show it down because I remember the night we did a photo shoot around by that B&B mm-hmm. and because I think my mind's so active and because and it took me a while to recognize this because I've not released anything yet and it's taken so long. And now it's coming to the point where it's coming. There was a rush, mm-hmm. you know, and then I heard you just say, look, you know, don't rush, be active, but don't rush. And I was just like, you know, that's as true as it gets. So that was one. And then the Appreciate second one that. was when you put up the video, kind of just given the explanation behind blah, blah. And everything yeah. like that. I'm like, I'm not saying this because you're like digitally sitting in front of me, but that <laughs> blew me away. I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, because I was already going through a phase where I was trying to knock off some of the, the darkness and what I was doing. Mm. I was like, well, I need to give more of myself. So while I was in that thought process, I see that and I'm like, that's as not just genuine, but that's like as to the bone as it gets, because yeah. you're like, this is what this is. And of course, mystery is always a good thing. And I will have a lot of mystery in yeah. my stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that really motivated me to be like, right, you know, I used to be faceless in my artists, like visuals, but now I'm like, no, show a bit more yourself because that's what it's about. And you showed that tenfold in that video. So like that was in my diary for a few days, like on repeat. I was like, I love that. I really appreciate that. That actually means a lot. And it kind of, it hits home and kind of just makes this stuff for it. Like that, like I'm hitting home with the messages that I want for Blah Blah Studio. 
So I really yeah. appreciate that, man. Thank you. Oh, did yeah, anything? It's all true. And then I did. Yeah, you you went dead slow there for a minute. Yeah, I didn't know what happened there. Turned the connection. We're all good now, I think. Yeah, and just while we were there, not that I'm, uh, you know, driving the topics, but just because you actually said blah, blah, it came into my head there. So me and yourself have mentioned, and this is for other people listening, mm. of course, that the idea of once everything gets back to normal, you know, I need to do my first proper gig. And I think there's so many people in town that need to do their first proper official something. It doesn't have to be a gig. So we toyed with the, the idea of having a night of just everybody who's there, whether it be somebody who's doing the stage setup, whether it's somebody performing, whether it's the DJ, whether it's the person doing the photography, whatever, that everybody there is actually probably people who've been doing this for a long time, but haven't done it at that type of capacity yet. Yeah. So I think, I love the idea of us kind of mixing our ideas. So blah, blah, black sheep. I would love that idea. Class. Yeah. Might be long winded, but I think it like your inputs there, my inputs mm. there. And then the black sheep would probably apply to a lot of creative people as well. So yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's nearly just a, a feeler. So if anybody's listening to this and just if that rang a bell of any sort and you're like, Jesus, I'd love to do something like that. You know, my name is John Jack Ryan on Instagram. Obviously this is put up by Ryan here, Ryan Duffy, blah, blah, studios. Mm. So, you know, I think putting out the idea for it now and seeing the feedback yeah. would be the perfect time to do it now. So Absolutely. And that's something that I really wanted to do with Blah Blah Studio is to open it up to people that just want to do anything creative or want to express themselves because that was something that Twinkie was quite proud of and really wanted it to be this like makerspace. So yeah. again, anyone drop either one of us a bell and you can do it. I, literally, I'll try and facilitate anything that you want and we can do it. So that's probably like yeah. the main the main mission of blah blah studio for now anyway but i think it would be the lifelong mission is just to facilitate people and just create fun stuff and have a have a good time yeah it's a win-win like the the yeah. the, the idea blah, blah, being that is just class because like obviously it's your own thing but then it's like a but at the end of the day you know it might sound corny and it might sound overly deep when it comes to art art at the end of the day is just anybody that came before you and anybody that's around and probably that will come after you it's just like this mad like somebody described it recently who was it joe rogan of all people who i would imagine is made well he is a creative person i was about to yeah. say he's not he obviously is like he's a, he's a comedian and he runs a obviously a very popular podcast which we'll be given or you'll be given a run for its money fairly soon but i hope so if anyone wants to throw a few pound me with yeah i'll, uh, I'll take it yeah. no sweat <laughs> anybody Buy that Can- I'll buy that Canadian goose jacket then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll change. I'll change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he said, describing creativity as, mm. and even though I kind of, it's just always unbelievable to hear somebody articulate something you've thought about before. But mm. when he described creativity as something that is flowing through you for literally no reason. So, you come up with an idea in your head. Obviously, if you want to start getting technical and maybe minimize the miracle of it, you could start saying, oh, well, you know, you've had all of these million experiences and then they're going to formulate some sort of an idea at some stage and then you might be motivated to do that. You could say that, but that is like making a very basic theory about something that in, is basically unexplainable. That you, like, the visuals I even had for a small video in my room and the visuals that I have for the one coming up, even the tune itself, like that just came from somewhere. Mm. And yeah. the idea that he said is treat it professionally because you're lucky 
in any capacity you could be the one of the big creatives in the world or one of the small ones but you're lucky to get that you're lucky absolutely to yeah receive so the idea is treat it professionally and get it out because mm. my whole thing is the i have an art display oh this is actually this applies to both of us so it's a perfect perfect detour which yeah. i think this podcast is really consistent of oh absolutely <laughs> i think all podcasts consist of just detours and then coming back like the, and going off again this is like the detour to france this is what it is. <laughs> So, um, we I actually put up an art display on third place. So big shout out to third place. Like I fucking love that place. So Niall and Alicia put an unbelievable effort into getting like there's a free art space up there on the wall. And then when this all was coming about, i.e., uh, the Miss Corona situation, they were like, right, get stuff up in the window. So me and two other artists took up the space, and I put up. Uh, two of your images on it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I haven't even told you this. So your image and then the Twinkie image because yeah. they're like it was 12 images and as I said it's about number three or number 12 all day long and mm-hmm. I was like well, just 12 of them there they're going up and I made sure that um, because the way I'm looking at art is now you're just taking in other people's stuff you're taking like of course you can make an original idea out of it but you're taking a million things before you even get that far. Oh yeah yeah. So I, I considered not putting your images up. And I was like, no. I was like, I've put a navy tint on the darkness of it because it just obviously suited the images and I'm going to put them up because that's part of my Instagram, but it's part of that story where I'm, I'm, I'm going with things. And then there was a girl looking at it and I would kind of half know her and she was like, uh, and I, Alicia said to her, she's like, oh, that's Barry's artist page. She was like, oh, that's, that's just Blah Blah Studio. And he's like, that's not Barry's. And I was like, exactly. That's the whole point. Uh, like that's what art is like like if i had to try and sit down and make images of that quality like a lot of them were photos other people took yeah a lot of them were like the lamb of god reference i wish i painted that i didn't paint that however i put 12 of them together and put in two of my own images and made the story and that's exactly what it's all about that was fantastic it looked absolutely amazing and i you actually didn't even tell me about it. i just seen the picture third place put up and i was buzzing with it. i was like this is fantastically yeah there was use on it. There was, uh, when I say use, I use Twinky on it. There was Sarah Jane. So that would be nuts. And I'm obviously calling out people because I've used some of their stuff. So it's obviously right. I call them out here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Blah, 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 blah Studio. There was obviously Twinkies up there. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jane. So Nets love you. And Nets, the band from town, you can yep. categorize them as a band, but she has put out two songs. And I'm not saying it because I know her, but she's put out two songs recently. That, of course, you can listen to your friends' art, you know, their tunes, you can watch people with the, you know, any visual art they might put together. But she made a song recently, well, two of them that I'm referring to. One's called something along the lines about Jerry Adams, and then the other one is with, uh, what's his name? I was actually in Jinx Lennon, so I was in the video for that. They did, and that that video has inspired me to do the the current video going forward, because some people, who I won't name now because it would make no sense, are going to be in the video. But them two tunes just blew me away. So if anybody's listening, go look out for Nets. There's two tunes. And it's not the case that I'm plugging it because I'm friends with Sarah. But they just blew my mind. Like a mental type of style to have anywhere in Ireland. And we have it here in town. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So Sarah was involved. Ellie Connolly, who is going to be the, I guess, the creative producer of the film that we've been mm-hmm. working on. So helping out with looks like she's got a visual eye she's a fashion designer so 
she was part of it. David Carey, so the Puka lives, so at the top left image of that. Uh, drag Queen, who performed there recently. I watched a drag show set up by the George recently online, and it was the best night in I've had in ages <laughs> uh, because it's just a proper, a proper show. If you ever go to drag shows, there was barely any difference with it because they were just being creative with their rooms, you were being creative with their houses, and Dave was part of that as well. So, class. Yeah, I'm obviously going to shout those people out. Yeah, absolutely. Get the wall out there. Name and shame everyone. <laughs> yeah, complete shame. And if I left anybody else, I just left you out. Yeah, sorry. No, maybe sorry. Ne- maybe next yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll leave you. I'll leave you at next time as well. <laughs> Barry, I think we should leave it there. I think we've covered every topic under the sun, and I think there's a lot of information in there for people to digest. So I just want to thank you very, very much for coming on, and I really appreciate it. I hope this was useful for someone. And as I say, give us a shout if you want to use our platforms for anything at all class like that i i could i think i could literally do this potentially all day oh same that's a we like from yeah. doing the other podcasts like i've learned to like that's why if, you, if, if you're watching if you watch it back and keep looking at my watch like over time you just become so time conscious because like <laughs> it keeps like right there's an hour gone already so like, you're like that's a lot of information for people to to consume yeah. especially after all the the left field curveballs we've having having there so exactly I've, an hour is my minimum now. Oh, my hour is my max. Sorry, so I try to keep it around an hour mark from now on, just to just to be easy on people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I get oh yeah, Katie Ann McGuigan uh, was a part of that. She's an unbelievable designer from fucking Carlingford. Like it's unbelievable mm. the amount of uh, actual talent that's around. It's insane. And then one last shout out I will do because the whole idea of me doing my tunes in the first place is that I'm doing them so late in life. The ego in me is telling me that, and I'll, I won't, I won't extend this too far because I know you have your limit. Mm. Um, but the whole thing about me was I've been convinced I'm going to be like the best artist that has ever been, like ever. And I actually really believed slash believed that despite releasing nothing, like literally nothing. Yeah. So now I'm at a later stage of my life. I'm finally doing it. But the whole idea is anybody who, and it's not as if I'm making some corny fucking proclamation. Like if anybody's hearing this and just wants to get fully immersed in something and actually just do something, just give myself John Jack Riot on Instagram or Ryan Duffy or blah, blah studios a shit. Because I think I come from a slightly ego driven, but a well intended place. And you're coming from a similar place, but in just a very different way. So I think mm-hmm. if yeah. anybody has ideas, reach out. And I mean that because if I had maybe heard this about five years ago, I would have jumped at the chance. And I'm not saying, I'm in the place to be doing it, but anybody's in the place to do it at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. And we know enough people and we have enough friends that we can probably facilitate most things. So yeah, correct. Please give us a show. And I'll leave all our details below. Obviously, my details are on the page because this is where you see it, but I'll leave all yeah, John Jack Riot stuff uh, down below and you can give us a shout. So anyone to tune in, really appreciate it. And thanks for listening.